Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, not a whole lot this week. It's been quiet. Um, no shootings. Uh, summer's kind of died down a little bit. It was like only like 65 degrees today, which was kind of strange. Um, I turned my heat on for a few minutes just to kind of <laughs> get it up. Like, I, I'm not going to put pants on in, the, in <laughs> August. I'm just not going to, so... If I have to burn the fuel oil for a couple minutes to get it oh, back, like up a throw to blanket or degrees. something. No, fuck that. I got a I got a fucking like full body tan right now. I'm not gonna put a blanket on. Fuck that. It's my August. <laughs> I'll pay for the goddamn heat for for ten minutes worth of you know getting the temperature up, but I'll just keep my windows closed. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I'll be fine, uh, America. <laughs> yeah. So um. Let's get into the news because we have a lot of stuff we want to cover on today's show. Uh, yeah, obviously, we didn't have a ton of time to prepare a story on it, but the uh, thing that happened today, uh, not long before we went on air, was that uh, Israel officially announced, uh, I believe they announced their official channels at least, I saw it reported that way, that uh, they are officially banning Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib from visiting Israel. Um, now, I mean, or you know, both of them. Or, well, yeah, or Palestine. Yeah. By, the yeah, the by occupied proxy, territories obviously. that they, they claim belong to them now completely, uh, they have authority over, over that. Yeah. So Rashida Tlaib, a Palestinian-American, cannot visit Palestine. But um, yeah, and so, you know, again, it's like just absolutely preposterous in the fact that uh, Israel can claim that they're a democracy or that, that they're some kind of like a beacon of freedom in the Middle East. We, we've talked about how laughable that is ad nauseum on the show. Uh, but uh, things like this are really illustrative to see the responses from people, you know, like that's that the real uh, benefit. Of, Cause we know Netanyahu is a fucking fascist uh, and might as well be a Nazi at this point, you know? So it, 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 we know he, he's not a surprise to us. Like his behavior is not a surprise. They do horrible shit all the time. They've taken away, citizenship from muslim israelis essentially uh you know they're they're a fucking white nationalist white supremacist country do you see the um, movie on netflix with uh, chris evans about how he's he's this uh israeli special ops guy and he's trying to to, to smuggle all these uh, ethiopian jews out of africa and into israel Oh, you, know, you mean like the ones that they just try to all send back and deport? Right. Well, <laughs> those, they, this, exactly. This takes place in the seventies, right? And you could tell that, like, the, it's it's definitely it seemed like they're doing some PR work here because uh-huh. you know currently they're trying to export all uh, Ethiopian uh, Jews in Israel right now. So I just I'm just watching this going like, there's no mention of any of this. There's no like, oh <laughs> no, hey, this guy was a hero and did a good thing, but now look at where we are. Like none of that. So. That no, was frustrating. But. Operation Mockingbird, our fucking defense department, you know, uh, has literally a, a whole branch, uh, d- you know, devoted to propaganda through Hollywood films. Like, to essentially, like, in exchange for using military uh, equipment, uh, vehicles, and logos, and, uh, you know, things of that nature, yeah. basically, they, they get final approval of any sure. kind of military depictions. And it's like, 
obviously they're going to use it. Do you think a guy like Chris Evans knows anything about Ethiopian Jew refugees in Israel today? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not. He doesn't have time to be reading the news reports about that. And he hangs out with people like Scarlett Johansson, who openly despise Palestine. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, so Netanyahu d- did actually release his own statement, and uh, it, it began with the sentence, nobody respects the United States more than the state of Israel. And I was just like, does he even, does he know that the Israel blew up a, a, a U.S. Navy ship in the 1960s and killed 35 people and wounded 170 others? Like, they're, 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 yeah. the, they're the last country to, like, straight up bomb us, was Israel. Uh, so yeah, just total, no historical context at all. Yeah. And you know, it's just, it's preposterous that they literally can say, we're going to ban two UN, two U S Congress people from visiting our country. Yet we give them billions of dollars in foreign aid. Like that's fucking preposterous that people in, in the house, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, democratic leadership like Nancy Pelosi wouldn't say, uh, well, obviously we're not going to give you any more foreign aid until you remove a ban on members of this body that have given you foreign. I I, I didn't see it. I'm sure it was some milquetoast bullshit. Oh yeah. It was like, well, we, we think this is the, uh, this, we think this is a bad move because it makes Israel look bad, look Mm -hmm. bad. And we know that they're an otherwise strong ally. Like it was just like, they always have to, they're such fucking little <laughs> deferential bootlicking yeah. bitches. Fucking like, they always have TYT, uh, commended Pelosi for that. He's like, that's a good statement. That's, that's the way Ugh. we should be framing it. It's like, you fucking, fucking beast shit. Luke. Um, but no, I mean, literally all the statements I did see from Schumer and even, and by, Oh God, Biden's was horrible. It, it's always, they always have to work under the framework that Israel is a democracy. Israel is awesome. Everything we need to do, uh, it needs to be in service of strengthening the Israeli-American relationship and not like, hey, you guys are a bunch of fucking fascists that uh, literally are, you know, occupying uh, sure. another country. And it, it, they, it's just that the framing is always from a perspective of obviously Israel is right, but this makes it really hard for us to ignore all the other horrible shit you do. So please <laughs> don't be this bad, you know. Yeah, it's, it's the Aaron Sorkin thing. Like, this is not our American values. It's like, this is totally our fucking American values. What are you talking about? That's, that's yeah. why we're fucking best friends with Israel is because we have this shared history of kicking people off their land and saying that's our fucking birthright. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's basically what's going on with that story. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure they're not going to bend because they're extremely uh, right wing and extremely fascist and have no incentive to change their their ways because we don't ever hold funding over their head. We don't ever hold sanctions over their head. We, uh, quite the contrary, do everything we can to protect them from sanctions and from any kind of uh, punitive actions on a global scale. Because every other country in the fucking world literally uh, understands how fucked up Israel is and how bad they are for human rights, uh, you know, under this current Netanyahu regime. Uh, and we exist just to block any kind of milquetoast, you know, censuring or sanctions put towards well i hope the three billion is worth it because i I guarantee we just entertainment uh boycotting alone with with roger waters and all those people that aren't going to go play concerts there that 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 alone is costing them probably more than three billion dollars a year you know that that's a big industry for for any country entertainment is a huge industry so 
uh, yeah, I mean, something will change eventually. You know, there's there's no regime that stays in power forever, um, no matter how much, much somebody props them up. And eventually it, it'll be untenable and we'll just stop doing it. And it, it'll flip. It'll yeah. go from like inconceivable and then within 10 years it'll be totally – you know, tables will, tur- will turn there like every major social issue in this country. And everyone yeah, will be like, be, I don't know, Africa. what was it? We we didn't see that coming. So um, it'll be, like be like how how we look back and we're like, it's unconscionable that we allowed South Africa to, to act with impunity the way they did for so long. I think people will look back on Israel in much the same way, uh, you know, 20, hopefully, you know, less than that, but, you know, at least like 20 years from now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's get into the meat of the episode because, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> literal human meat. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no nothing. No, obviously, you know, we've been talking about this Epstein story and there were a couple little minor uh, updates that we want to share regarding the Eps- Epstein uh, situation because, uh, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, unfortunately, committed suicide. It was very tragic. Obviously, uh, he he was very depressed and. Uh, there's no reason to suspect any kind of foul play whatsoever. I think he he certainly just uh, had enough of this world and wanted to shuffle off its mortal coil. Uh, not nothing to see here, folks. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, uh, Bernie's in the news this week. Um, yeah. So Jeffrey Epstein was murdered. Obviously, like we're not going to fucking you know um beat around well, the bush so that i mean that's that's the thing is it's not conclusive right or was forced forced to murder himself you know what, what well, it's, it's like okay so so the big one that everyone talked about was this week that it was uh found that there was there was um bones in his neck several bones in his neck that were broken one of them's like sort of a floating bone under your Adam's apple, like your Adam's apple is actually cartilage. Yeah. There's like another piece to it. Uh, they didn't really specify if it was actually vertebrae that were broken. Right. So and it, yeah, go ahead. Well, so, well, you know, so the interesting thing about that bone in the neck is that like they, they spoke to, uh, uh, to an ME and they said like, you know, it is possible to break that from suicide, from strangulation or from, uh, you know, uh, from the way he hung himself. But it's much more uh, commonly seen in homicide and strangling, like because of, just because of the nature of the break and where it occurs versus uh, a suicide, which sure. is, you know, and again, it, again, it could go either way. But he also the, the thing that's preposterous to me is that they want us to believe that he broke bones in his neck. D- did the way he hung himself, according to The New York Post, who've actually scooped a lot of details on this you know it's a shit rag paper but they do get a lot of uh intel on like the prison system probably because a bunch of the fucking mooks who work there read the post um the uh way he hung himself was that he was on his knees and he used a bed sheet and he tied it to his bed post or to his bed somewhere and and literally hung himself on his knees they want us to believe but somehow broke bones in his neck by hanging himself from his knees and somehow it, it the the leap of faith to say that you could break your neck from trying to strangle yourself on your knees to me is like you need to be the strongest person in the world because your instinct immediately is going to be to stop and if it's not you're going to probably pass out before you're strong enough to break your own fucking neck right by like so there's a, using there's your there's body two weight different ways that you can die by hanging right and when you have like the the hangman noose or some kind of like slip knot the idea is if you don't have a lot of, you know, distance to fall is that 
once your full weight is off the ground, your full weight tightens, <clears throat> not the knot, but the, the slip around your neck to the point where you suffocate or it cuts off your blood flow, both one or two, the other, right? Yeah. The other way is if you, you know, with like a gallows, you drop them through a platform, they drop five feet in this, and the point at which that rope hits full, snaps you know, it, it snaps your neck. Now they didn't say that he, he severed his spinal column, like, you know, so, and obviously there's nowhere in a jail cell where you can climb up, you know, 20 feet in the air and fucking like, he can't do that. Right. So if he did do it, Right. It seems very unlikely he could do it with anything he had in there, even a bed sheet. Like why, why would, on top of all the other mistakes they made, you know, the guards going to sleep, not checking on him and faking the logbook and everything. Uh, you know, he wouldn't have had a fucking sheet in there. I don't know if you've ever been to jail, but you don't, you know, unless they you're give like, you like a blanket, they give you like a wool, like scratchy blanket. Yeah. Uh, as you, far you as don't like get a, a fucking pillow sheet. You're, you're, you don't even get a pillowcase. You get like a, like a bean bag. It's like a fucking like flat football to put your head on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, so democracy, not a good thing today talking about this, how this is just, this is, this is, this is like downtown lower Manhattan, wall street area. Right. This isn't Rikers yeah. Island. And this place is just for federal prisoners who are awaiting trial. And it's it's so plagued with problems like this. This is this has been an ongoing thing. Um, but he was actually Epstein was getting like a full eight hours a day to meet with lawyers, which nobody would get at this point in their their preliminary stuff. Right. And I read the yeah. story that he was the day after he got taken off suicide watch. He got eight hours to just hang out with this young woman who wasn't wasn't <laughs> a lawyer, wasn't even dressed as a lawyer, just got to hang out with her. So clearly just to get that privilege, he was paying people off. People are getting paid off just to get taken off suicide watch. You probably had to pay people off. Right. So, yeah, you know, I could I could see that he could, you know, possibly hang himself if he had like a like a cord or a wire or something like that. And that could cause enough pressure to, to snap bones, maybe. But there sure. would be like severe lacerations on his neck. So whatever he did it with, if they weren't able to determine what it was, must have been like a very you know, low impact way of strangling something like a sheet. Right. So he, whatever it was, if it was strangulation or whatever, whoever did it or whoever gave him the tools to do it, knew how to do it in a way where it was going to look really ambiguous or this is all fake and he's still alive. And they've just like totally put everyone on a wild goose chase. And there's a body double and, you know, and and then there's this other guy we're going to talk about his bodyguard. And there's a whole nother story to that. That's fucking could be real or could be a total diversion. I mean, it, it's just like you couldn't make a story that has more possibilities for a conspiracy of, of, of so many different kinds. Yeah. This is going to be like because O.J. Simpson, there wasn't really a conspiracy. Either he did it or he did it. Right. <laughs> that yeah. was, that I was, was really or, the, right. Or, so yeah. there were there were like, you know, no, seriously, multiple possibilities of what could have happened. And here I don't you know, clearly nobody knows for sure, but we're seeing more and more signs that it could be a very complicated conspiracy yeah well and first of all i should state for the record obviously uh it wasn't just oj acting alone charlie was was with him and helped him uh carry out the murder so we can't forget to include that but um no but uh so you know i mean look there's a lot of possibilities i i think the least likely and it's and it's possible i mean there it is possible that he did just hang himself out of sheer depression slash he knew he was going down and he was going to suffer a really horrible, you know, trial and then prison term for the rest of his life, whatever. It's possible that that's what happened. 
to me, that's the least likely scenario given all of the factors that went into it. If that's true, the level of fucking incompetence and haplessness in his handling that had to go on is legendary. I mean, first of all, you have people guarding him who weren't even guards. Apparently the prison was overtaxed, but, uh, and, and had like people who were just staffers like guarding him at, at times. He was supposed to be on th- every 30 minutes. They were supposed to check on him. Apparently they were only checking on him every three hours or so. Apparently both guards on duty fell asleep and then falsified the logbook to cover their asses. I mean, this is the most high profile fucking criminal of the century. And you're, and you're falsifying. I mean, to me, that's so preposterous that they would not hire extra, extra, extra security for this person who has uh, information about an international pedophile ring with the most powerful people in the fucking world. Oh, yeah. It, well, it's, it's, never, it, it's strange credulity. The, I mean, it's footage insane. Of when, they, when they took Timothy McVeigh out of that out of that jail uh, back in 1995, four or five, whatever, it, he was like bulletproof vested up to his eyeballs and they had yeah. just a sea of cops around him. And then here you've got a guy where it's like they give him a call the day before to let him know when he's going to be arrested and they let him turn himself in, you know, and he's he's almost got bailed to go hang out in his mansion. You know, it's just unbelievable the level. Uh, and, and he was like I said, they were he was getting the same, you know, rich guy spa treatment uh, in this place, it, at least up until the time of his death that he got when he was in a county jail in Florida back in the early 2000s when he got the yeah. sweetest, uh, you know, plea deal of all time. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they there was an uh, it was an article today. I forget what what video uh, was. It was a lawyer who was there to see a client, totally unrelated, and, and was the one who said that he was getting to use like the the private lawyer meeting room to meet with this young woman who clearly wasn't a lawyer, had no papers with her. <laughs> and he was just he was allowed just to hang out there and not a cell, right? So you know, if it was that obvious to just you know, random people looking at him. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to to kind of get into the bodyguard who got interviewed yeah. this week because this is this is where it gets really fucking chilling. Um, so I, I watched uh, TYT all week just to kind of see what they would cover. I try not to listen too close because I don't want to just copy what they do, but I, I'm always kind of critical of them anyway. But uh, I, I was amazed they didn't cover this at all. So there's an article in uh, New York Magazine yesterday, dated the 15th, yeah, or dated the 14th. And it's by somebody named M.L. Nestle, who basically starts out with a bunch of preamble. And then most of the article is just a transcript of their interview recorded Monday of this week. And this guy's name, person interviewed, was Igor Zinoviev, uh, who is a Russian UFC fighter and also oh, bodyguard. Russian. For, Russian. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Uh, UFC fighter and bodyguard and driver to Jeffrey Epstein. Um for about five years, uh, ending around 2015. So like about 2010, mm-hmm. 2015, roughly. Um, and the, there was an interview that they did with him back in 2015 that never got published, right? So the first thing this interviewer does is try to kind of just say, hey, how's it going? Uh, and then kind of go back and, and, and like reference some of the quotes this, this bodyguard had from 2015 that basically say, yes, Jeffrey Epstein, I was with him all the time. He had teenage girls around all the time. I didn't approve of it. Uh, I, I didn't tell him that directly, but I just, I think it's terrible. And the, the interviewer clearly wants to print these quotes now, now that Je- Epstein's dead, but the, yeah. the, the, the bodyguard's not comfortable reconfirming these quotes. And he's flat out saying, no, I never said that. No, I never said that. 
and the interviewer is getting really frustrated and he's the interviewer's trying to read it back into the record <laughs> in order to get him to confirm it. And if not, then to say, well, I have it in my notes and we're going to publish this again. And it, it's just like, you can tell that this bodyguard is scared. He's right? terrified. Yeah. You have he's some of the terrified. quotes from the I, I do. And so the, the, the title of the article kind of doesn't really give you the full scope of it. The title of the article just says, Jeffrey Epstein's bodyguard uh, on his former boss's lifestyle, cruelty, and suicide. And there's a byline that says that he thinks that Epstein had help. Not that he was mm. murdered, but he had help, right? Which is yeah. a, could mean a lot of different things. So it, it goes on for a while. It gets, it's, gets very long. And it's all verbatim. So some of what he says, it's, it's you know, English isn't his first language, so it's a little bit broken. Um, and he just denies saying all this stuff from 2015. Like he's, he knows he might be targeted next because he might yeah. have the next most information about Epstein of anybody else because he was with him every fucking day. And he took him to all these different properties and he flew on the Lillian Express. So it, it gets down towards the uh, towards the, pretty close to the end, and it's clear the interview knows he's being stonewalled, right? And he tries to focus on how uh, this bodyguard previously said that the police would call Epstein and give him advanced knowledge of what they were going to do. So the interviewer says, "Okay, Igor, you told me that he would get phone calls the night before, and at eight o'clock the police are going to come, uh, and he would get a heads up from local police." And then it just says, "Igor, silence." Right. The interviewer says, you told me that, Igor. You you want me to read the quote? Igor says, well, you can read whatever you want right now. Just don't. You could put yourself in big trouble. And the interviewer (laughs) says, look, you said you always do. uh, You said he always do something wrong. There was some nights in question. uh, There was a, a home uh, at home arrest and police before they could come to the house. They call him, they tell him they come in, in at eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, it's all corrupt. You know, it's all bullshit. This is the interviewer quoting him. What he said in 2015, yeah. Igor says back, this is just Monday. Listen, don't put yourself in trouble. Seriously. Like, like this is reading like dialogue out of like the Pelican brief or the firm. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, like this, this is like, the, you the know phone how powerful call. these people are, man. Right. And then, so the, it continues on the interviewer says, why is this so important? Are you worried about local cops referring to right now? Igor says, listen, you're really smart and I'm not going to offer you uh, that over the phone right now. Okay. Like you're really smart. You have no idea, please. Uh, interviewer says, what do you mean by that? Igor says, I can't explain. Uh, I can't explain you is what he says. I can't explain you. I can't explain you over the phone any of this. The interviewer says, you said that last time and we didn't talk for years. You can tell the world who this guy was. You were there with him for a long time. You know what I mean? Silence. Interview again. I totally understand that you think this could have had help. uh, I totally understand that you think he could have had help committing suicide. Igor, first of all, I have to go now. I have another client. Interviewer, (laughs) still training people, like trying to kind of, keep it still yeah, lighthearted. Yeah. Keep him on uh, phone. Igor just says, uh, yes, just be careful. I'm not kidding. So, so this is a, this is a verbatim conversation transcript of a conversation. So, this interview we had with his bodyguard on Monday of this week, and they have not been able to contact this guy since. And they put that in the notes of the article yesterday. That last line is really illustrative because you could arguably, uh, you could argue that like initially he was saying be careful don't get make me say something that i'm gonna have to testify to in court but that last line's like hey 
just be careful. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm never going to talk to you again, but be careful. You could fucking be killed. Like, that's that was clearly the implication of that last line. Like, that was not up for interpretation versus, no, so, no. you know, like, that's that's very clearly. Like, you could you could tell he, about halfway through this interview. If you read the whole thing, go go to New Yorker and just look up this guy's name or go to my Twitter page. I just t- uh, tweeted out mm-hmm. earlier today. Uh, Smut Collector <laughs> at Twitter, spelled with an E-R, not an O-R. Uh, and just read it because you, it's really clear. He like this interviewer had to really pressure him into this interview. And then halfway through the guy's just like, I got to get out of this interview somehow and not be a dick about it and not just hang up the phone. Cause you know, I might need help later, but, uh, you, you realize that he's sort of going like, yeah, I said all these things three years ago when Epstein was walking around free and I didn't feel like I, there could be a hit put on my life, but now he's fucking dead. And I don't think he did it alone. Right. At the, at the bar minimum, that's what he's saying. Right. So, I mean, nobody's really in the wrong here. Imagine the pressure this this writer is getting, this journalist is getting from the editor to get this guy on the record to oh, say more, or at least to confirm what he said in 2015. And I, don't if he bl- I don't blame this guy for being terrified either. No, no. I, I mean, if, if this journalist was really unethical, he wouldn't bother trying to call him and trying to get get him to confirm the, the quotes from before. He would just, would just put, put the quotes in there without giving him a chance to respond to it. That's what yeah. a totally dishonest journalist would do. He's at least given him a chance to, to get on record, but he's also saying, like, look, you know more than anybody. And he's like, yeah, that's why I'm fucking scared. <laughs> <laughs> right? So yeah. it, this this is why it's like, this is unfolding right now. It's not like it's all over and we're in the courtroom with OJ. Like, we're never going to have the courtroom scene with Epstein now. Like, so, so screenwriters, if you're out there and you're looking for material, like, you got it you got the screenplay right here, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do hope that some form of justice is done. I mean, you can still uh, certainly indict his co-conspirators. I, and I think that the, people have made allusions to the fact that they're at least going to look into that. But I mean, it's, it's really a question of, you know, you're, you're missing your fucking star witness, like you're all your bulk of your evidence. But I, I, he's, this was such a big operation and so many powerful people and so much money was involved that a lot of other people know a lot of shit about how this happened. And he had a lot of people that were very well aware of how he operated. So I think there, hopefully justice will still be, uh, you know, done for the victims of, of, of Epstein, but we'll, I guess we'll see, but to me the real question is uh well not the real question but like one of the interesting questions is who do we think did it um you know obviously <laughs> you know the, the immediate joke when it happened was like oh well another another fucking clinton another body for the clinton body count you know it's <laughs> hillary with the fucking with the with the garrot wire in the cell or whatever but um you know it, it, epstein had a lot of really damning and incriminating stuff on a lot of really powerful people. I mean, can you imagine, I mean, Bill Clinton's reputation's already obviously completely tarnished and sullied and, you know, ruined. But imagine if we found out on top of that, he was a pedophile, like Hillary could never show her face in fucking public again. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, the president of the United States also spent a ton of time on, you know, at Jeffrey Epstein's play. The list goes on and on. So, you know, I, I, I lean le- like I joked about it, but I lean less towards like either Trump or Clinton's or ha- whoever had him killed. Like, I, I don't know that that's necessarily. Well, we know there's we know there's one guy who already is 
has no qualms about sending death squads overseas that, to kill yeah. people in foreign countries, right? This is this is the interesting one. So right. Epstein was very, very close with Mohammed bin Salman. He had him on his plane. He had him to uh, you know fly to his island. He was really buddy buddy with him. Uh, now Mohammed bin Salman is the uh, leader, is the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, and he's an extremely on you know it, in public he's an extremely religious uh and you know uh whatever individual like you know pious individual like i'm sure one of the worst people that that could come out about uh in their estimation would be mbs like that he was a pedophile and you know (coughs) uh you know sleeping with all these underage you know raping all these underage women so he probably had the most to lose out of any of the powerful individuals you know barring maybe donald trump so uh, I don't think he had MBS. much to lose. I think he, he would be the most motivated regardless, right? Just because he doesn't want to be well, you know, the least right? qualms about fucking murdering somebody in cold blood also sure. to cover up for you, his. The only thing is know. that his people seem to fucking bumble it really bad, right? It, it's not <laughs> like you can get, you know, 15 guy, 15 Arab guys into a fucking, uh, you know, supermax prison in the middle of Wall Street without somebody noticing, right? Like somebody would have, <laughs> guys couldn't even get it out of well, a embassy in in you know in in turkey without being seen but uh, that's possible so i mean th- that's possible and yeah he fucking bungled you know obviously the the Demont khashoggi uh murder but uh i don't know i mean he's got a lot of resources too so it, there, it's not sure. outside the realms of possibility that he would outsource this to the new york mob who i'm sure have fucking you know department of corrections uh, like people on the inside at the DOC. Well, you know, the bodyguard kept talking about how the you know the the interviewer kept referencing how the bodyguard had mentioned that the police would call Epstein ahead of time. So yeah. you, you don't get to be a a, a, a billionaire with mm-hmm. a international sex trafficking ring with a seventy seven million dollar apartment in New York City, uh, and, and getting sweetheart treatment where he doesn't have to even check in for his probation in New York City without having some cops under your payroll. Right. Yeah. So, it, and, and you think there's not fucking cops that moonlight as, as hitmen? I mean, there's, this is the, like notorious. His cellmate. Notorious. His fucking cellmate. The cellmate that's, we, we forgot to mention even that, his cellmate that, that supposedly attacked him, although that's in question, was this guy, Nicholas Tartaglione. He was a Westchester <laughs> County. I know. I mean, like can a you... fucking mobster. <laughs> oh my God. He, was a, he was a crooked Westchester County cop, his big fucking roided up freak, if you see a picture of him. Um, who was in jail for murdering four uh, cocaine kingpins because he was also, you know, dealing cocaine on the side. Uh, he was a totally crooked, you know, like oh, stereotypical. Cro- but like, so he's in jail because he actually got caught, you know, burying these bodies in his backyard. <laughs> just a real fucking idiot. Um, yeah, they, this is just like, they all want to live this, this good mate. fellow's lifestyle, you know? Like they all think it's just yeah. like, they want to be the fucking star of this movie and think, well, I'm I'm too fucking smart to get knocked off. Like they're not gonna, never going to catch me. <laughs> they're going to catch old Johnny one tooth. You know, like just Karen, that was yeah. the last of our cocaine. How do you flush yeah. the, t- the toilet? Yeah, no, basically they all, uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's that who they all think they are. But, um, so he, uh, that, yeah, that was his cellmate, that, that guy. So, but, uh, you know, so MBS, I think, is a, a, is a for sure a leading candidate in terms of who may have ordered it or, you know, facilitated it. But, you know, you talked about last week and it's obviously come out. And I didn't realize that this was basically confirmed by Alex Acosta 
that he was intel like that he was CIA, like that well, he was a, he, he's an asset. Yeah, that that's that's what Acosta said because he was under pressure, mm-hmm. right? And that could be total bullshit, right? Because he didn't give it a name, be, but- he didn't say no. It could be totally real, right? Because obviously CIA likes to have power for people that travel the world and make connections and do all this shit. But it also could have just been total fabrication that Acosta was like, "Oh shit, uh, my ass is on the line now. I better make up something." When it was really just that Epstein was powerful and had dirt he, on a shitload yeah. of people that are powerful, so. So and like I know it wouldn't have been true, honestly. Well, I mean, like, and I know it wouldn't have been. I know I I, like obviously I'm not under no illusions that people don't lie under oath, but he was on you know giving sworn testimony and talking about somebody being you know uh, an intelligence asset. It would be a real fucking stupid thing for him to do to lie about that if that weren't true under oath. What's the CIA going to do? Come and cross examine him and be like, actually, he's not. You're in trouble now for lying. You're like, they're not going to do that. They're they're going to be like, yeah, of course, of course, he was an intelligence asset. Or was it? It just like, seems a really know. bad idea to, to impugn the CIA if you're trying to if you're under uh, trying to get a, a, a post in in the government. Like it seems like they could really fuck with you if you were. Tra- I don't know. I, it's just interesting. It's an interesting thing that well, they like he, to. He did resign in shame, but uh, you know, again, it's like these hearings under oath, and he goes just casually mentions, "Oh, I just I heard from above from some miscellaneous person that he was an intelligence asset." Like that should be like no, bam. Who said that to you? You're yeah, under like, oath. What, you what? have to fucking get on the record. Who told that to you? When oh, was sorry, it? your five minutes is up. What was the full statement? Oh, I, I, I don't recall. So the idea that they're <laughs> ever going to get perjured or, or lose a job for lying about something like that, like that's not going to fucking happen to him. You know, yeah. if, if he does get disgraced later on, he'll get he'll resign. And if they really have to throw someone under the bus, they'll make him sign a statement saying he lied, even if it was true or wasn't true, you know, but it, it's, you know, the CIA is not going to give a shit who you claim is on their roles unless they're under oath too, which they'll never be. And they lie all the time. I mean, you know, George right. Clapper fucking lied under oath. Uh, you know, John Brennan lied under oath. They don't give a fuck. Um, but so, well, but so, you know, devil's advocate, if he was intelligence, uh, they also, you know, uh, yeah. he was also they, they becoming were. a huge liability <laughs> to them and they're you know we know they have no qualms whatsoever about killing way more powerful people uh, so to them that would be like a fucking walk in the park to, yeah. to kill somebody in custody well there was supposed to be even if there wasn't a camera in his room there should have been cameras in the hallway right and is, well, isn't that, yeah the, isn't that how they verified those guards never actually went to check on him because they did have cameras in the hallway and they still haven't said whether or not that that you know, if 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 nothing happened and nobody went into his cell, that I feel like they would have immediately either released or at least said, "Hey, we have footage from outside of his cell. Nobody went in there." Like to me, that's super fucking glaring that they didn't say that. That's fucking weird to me because there's no way they don't have the hallways monitored. You know, right. every inch of that hallway. So that's, that's you know, hundred percent. Well, I mean, maybe maybe there's there was somebody on video that went in there and they actually have a suspect, but they haven't found that person yet. And they don't want to divulge what they have footage of or not. You know, like they could have had Mm -hmm. somebody where these guys were paid to turn the cameras off and they didn't turn the cameras off either because they wanted a record of it to save their own asses or they were incompetent. You know, it could have been, it could have been a, a hit that did get fucked up and there is a ton of evidence and now it's in someone's hands and they don't know what to do with it, right? It, it's just, it's like the fucking story could be a million different things. 
sense. Yeah. (laughs) But that's why to me, it's like if they, the fact that they're like mom on that means like there's, there's something there. You know, we don't know what, but there's certainly something there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yes. I mean, if it doesn't get res- resolved definitively, it's going to be something that they're going to, when they make movies about this, which they will, it's going to have to be totally vague and open-ended, and it'll just be like, well, what do you think happened? You know, it, or they, <laughs> yeah. they show a scene happen up to a point where they show someone, mysterious figure, like walking up to the Sally port, and somebody, you know, walks it, like opens the door and lights a cigarette and just lets the stranger walk in like they're, like they're supposed to be there. And that's that, that, you know, end scene, that's all you get to know. And you're still left to, left to speculate. And it's like, God damn it. I spent my $12 and they didn't fucking answer the story. <laughs> You know, corrections officers, I, I they, I'm sure that they love to talk. Like they're not, you know, I'm sure that they're not gonna, they're gonna, ta- they're gonna oh, talk they to, to their fucking relatives. They love to get paid yeah. for their stories. Is the thing, yeah. Well, so. but if they're also terrified that they're gonna be murdered, but I, I, I suspect that it's gonna leak out through like, you know, fifth hand like reports about it, and then we'll eventually, you know, confirm so. Like I can't imagine that this is just going to go away, and we're never going to learn anything else about the circumstances. Well, these these, these guys sell shocked. their stories to reporters anonymously all the fucking time, mm-hmm. and you know they don't have to. They never have to go on record. All they have to do is verify their identity, and a, a big paper will absolutely protect their anonymity. Uh, un- unless they get outed otherwise, and then they'll write an op-ed saying they should be jailed for their testimony, <laughs> for, yeah. their, for being their source, especially if it's the for Washington have, Post. For having the nerve to come and uh, talk to us about uh, you know classified documents that we publish. Yeah, so so yeah. obviously anyone that doesn't know what we're referring to, we're talking about um, Edward Snowden. Uh, and, was it Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning, or was it just the, one or the other? And, and Assange, I think they they they've done yeah. this multiple times. They're they're absolutely ridiculous hypocrites and bootlickers. They'll publish all this all the info that they get because it sells papers, uh, you know. And then of course when anyone in power uh, says something, they're immediately like, "Oh yes, of course." Well, that person broke the law and should be in jail. So you know. They're, they're, they're fucking disgrace. But there's uh, no connection with. between reporting at Washington Post and their multi, you know, richest man in the world owner, Jeff Bezos. Clearly, there's no bias there. No, no, no. It's totally, they're totally independent. They're editorially independent, which is why he uh, literally sent out an edict a couple of years ago about how they couldn't criticize any of Amazon's advertisers. But no, totally, un- other than that, totally independent whatsoever, you know, no, no influence whatsoever. Um, so obviously, you know, the post was in the news this week because Bernie has been, uh, and this is not new, but I guess somebody picked up on it and it turned into a story, uh, on the campaign trail. Bernie talks about, uh, you know, Hey, maybe it's, uh, not a great idea to have the most influential newspaper in the country owned by the richest person in the world. Like maybe that seems like it's a kind of a conflict of interest, you know? And by the way, that richest person in the world is a fucking cartoonish maniac who, loathes workers rights and literally grinds his workers into fucking dust to eke out profit uh and is is just you know runs the worst company in the world like i mean we you know this week we saw on twitter that they unleashed this army of like a combination of real people and bots uh who were basically are just paid to talk about how awesome it is to work in an amazon fulfillment center and it's like the, just oh, that, the most that, dystopian that shit you can ever. Week. That that actually launched about six months ago. Uh, oh, okay, it just I just became like a big thing this week. I guess. Well, it was it was a big thing at the time because it was clear they were all they weren't real. 
or if it was a real person, they were all, it was like a, a very small number of people working off of the same script. Right. Yeah. Uh, very much the way that, you know, um, uh, you know, like bot armies would be paid to uh, go online and, and talk about how great Israel is. They would have like a, a binder full of like template responses they could work off of and change things a little bit, obviously, but like, like a call center where you have a script, you, you work with the script, but you have to kind of edit it. Right. Um, but I think the thing that was realized this week is how they recycle old accounts. Right. Like, yeah, well, that's you'll, also- They'll, they'll change the names and everything, but it's like these these people would be like, no, everything's fine. Everything's great where I work. I mean, we don't get enough drinking water and I have to carry on this thermos every day. But other than that, you know, and it's like little little bits of like, is this the is the AI sort of admitting some shitty stuff because it thinks that it has to do that to be plausible or it's also preposterous that they would recycle accounts because these accounts have like 15 followers it's like why wouldn't you just start a new account it's super shady when it's like it like i don't know it it, i'm sure it's some kind of like they paid for a certain number of accounts to be created and they can't like whatever it is like it's 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 fucking bizarre but um it's super dystopic because people now are starting to fuck with them because they realize that you get really insane responses from these people like somebody was like i'm sure like, you know they're, they're, amazon of course is working in and developing facial recognition software for ice right so is yeah, google yeah. so are other entities right they're also working on you know ais to use in a range of different ways right especially customer service which you could argue this is propaganda but it still falls within the vein of customer service you know uh you you have a shitty time in your uber and you tweet it out to uber and they they respond to you and go oh we're so sorry please contact our you know like it's all automated right and and they want better higher function ais do the customer service work in social media so that they don't have to actually pay people to do it so, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think they have a couple monitors, you know, that kind of oversee tweets, but that the tweets themselves are largely being written by an AI and they're testing to see how good they are. And if there's, if there's, they, they read something that doesn't fit right, they'll tweak it. But the, the very, you know, like the person that said, like, I feel like I'm talking to the Borg, they're not far off. Like there's definitely an artificial intelligence that, that they're using an algorithm to respond to most of these tweets. And then they have a person, probably one or two people on a team look at them and approve it before it actually gets, gets tweeted out and they go, ah, yeah. that's good enough. That one's good enough. That one's good enough. Ooh, that one needs to be tweaked a little. It sounds a little too robotic. Right. But that's what they're doing with this is to see how they can not spend any real money on softening their, their image as being basically a, a slave warehouse company. Uh, and and do as little as possible, but make it look like everyone that works there actually is really happy. Yeah, I mean, th- this was like you know, th- th- there was this one girl, uh, Hannah, I think her name was, and she just had the most depressing fucking tweet like you could ever imagine. Like it's, ju- it was just. Uh, do I have it? Here? Oh, the the one. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the one you're talking about. Oh, okay. So here, wait here. So she seems to be the real person operating this 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 account like for now, like she's the one that they hired to do because she posted some pictures of herself in the warehouse. But um, she she tweeted in response to somebody, I suffer from depression, too. And at one point I wanted to quit Amazon, but I realized it was my fault for the problems I was dealing with and not Amazon's. I'm allowed to talk to people, but sometimes I don't want to. 
now I have some great coworkers to pass the nights with. Oh I mean, it's just so depressingly dystopian. It's so fucking unbelievable. It, it makes me think that evil. Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos has actually read Marx so that he knows the, the idea of alienation from employees, from their labor in order to implement that better to just make people even more just like, oh, I thought it was, I didn't like my job, but then I realized it was my fault and not my employer. So now I just work without talking to anyone, even though I'm allowed to. I mean, this is like some sorry to bother you <laughs> shit. Like, it's so fucking uh, yeah. insanely, like, comedic if it wasn't horrifying. Like, it, it it's crazy. And it, someone else tweeted at them, uh, tweeted at one of the accounts, uh, as a joke, like Alexa, uh, play the They Live soundtrack, and and one of the and and, and one of the uh, guys responded with a Amazon link to the They Live soundtrack to a vinyl copy of the They Live. Like like, so it's unclear whether or not he was trying to be funny or if it was literally the AI responding to the fucking. It's it's the AI. I guarantee it because a real person God, would, would look so up what fucking... it was and try to have a little bit of levity there. Right. Everything they, about that is so cursed. Like it. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah. Well, in this, this is you know this is one of many mega corporations now. I mean, you've got uh, you know Walmart's replaced mom and pop shops, and and now all the downtown little Main Street small town Americas are boarded up, right? And now you've got Walmart who might go out of business because of Amazon. Like, and then some <laughs> forty years, uh, something worse than Amazon will come along. So, yeah, workforce. Um, no, so. Uh, well, so and we mentioned the Washington Post because Bernie has been talking about how uh, very mildly criticizing them for their their coverage of him. And there's this clip that was being sent around by centrists on Twitter uh, from one of his rallies. So hey, I have the audio from that. And we'll, we'll talk about uh, the absolute insane overreaction. If you look at the Washington Post, which is owned by the wealthiest guy. In this country, a guy named Jeff Bezos. Amazon made $10 billion in profit last year. You know how much they paid in taxes? You got it. Zero. Any wonder why the Washington Post is not one of my great supporters? I wonder why. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, and that that is super fucking innocuous and, and like tame and like, you know. Uh, and of course, everyone in the media, because this is what the fucking, you know, lanyard wearing. Uh, you know, business class liberals love to do is is false equivalencies, and they're like, "Oh, he's just like Trump," and he's look at he's talking about how evil the media. He's calling he's doing the same thing that Trump does, fake news. He's like, "No, hey, maybe it's not a great idea to have the most in, you know influential paper in the country owned by the richest guy in the world who can spike any negative story about him." Like, this is common fucking sense, and th- that's why they don't like me because I'm you know trying to make well, him pay his workers a living wage. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, it's not just the lanyard-wearing professional class. It's also the the lanyard-wearing nonprofit class, which which usually is rubbing elbows with you know, all these public-private partnership uh, dinner function type things. Um, there's a young woman by the name of Angie Schmidt who's a writer at uh, Streets Blog, which uh, does some good stuff around livable streets, um, sustainable development. Um, uh, complete streets, you know, trying to get us unaddicted from fossil fuels and unaddicted from cars. But generally the stuff they write is very, 
like has zero class consciousness, like a little bit of black lives matter stuff, but like I'll, I'll read articles and I'll just from, from them and I'll, I'll just do like a keyword search for, you know, where they're talking about transit oriented development, you know, building higher density along dedicated transit lines. Right. Which is good. That's an, that's a good idea. But can anyone who's already living on that area afford it once they do all this new development by and large? No. Right. So you'll do searches where they'll, they'll talk about things like social capital. Like how do we build places with, with good social capital? It's like, what the fuck does social capital mean? Well, nothing. It's just, a, it's a made up marketing term that people like, as it sounds good while meaning nothing. Uh, you know, and you'll do a keyword search for the words like affordable affordability or, uh, uh, low income. You won't find any of those terms in any of their articles. Right. So it's all about promoting, you know, livable uh places developer interest basically basically yeah like it it goes from promoting public transit to then just being a a, an architectural developer blog at that point and these people adopt all these centrist talking points too when they get involved in in basically national politics and she started off by going after david sirota where uh Sirota was basically quoting, you know, Trump and Bernie Sirota, who was a journalist who now works for Bernie Sanders, said, uh, Trump, reporters are the enemy of the people. Bernie, newspapers owned by billionaires don't like me very much. So Angie Schmidt, who writes for Streets Blog, uh, quote, tweeted that and said, Bernie Sanders has a guy who worked for his campaign secretly without disclosing it while reporting on the Dem primary as his ethics in journalism critic. Now, first of all, that's not true. Yeah, that's David, preposterous David lie. didn't write about the primary while he worked for Bernie Sanders. He only started working for Bernie Sanders within the last 12 months, right? And he still writes, but he's been fully full disclosure about working for Bernie. And we all knew that, right? Yeah. And so she follows it up with basically saying the same thing. So the Sanders campaign is calling reporters who were uh, critical of him millionaires paid by billionaires. And this is supposed to, uh, this is supposed to obviously distinguish their attacks from Trump. Am I missing something here? And it, it's like, yes. And you're smart enough to know you're missing something, right? So th- th- this, it's, it's just, again, like you said, false equivocation, where they know it's not the same thing. They know that, that Trump is fine with anything that makes him sound good, right? But they also know that Trump hates fake news, but he also hates real journalism, yeah, right? Which is not at all what Bernie's saying, and they know that. And and anytime you listen to Bernie give a speech, he always says, you know, I, I, I respect journalism. I think it's really important that we have a strong fourth estate. But uh, the corporate control of media has led to this insane, uh, you know, uh, system where we have this uh, consolidation of media companies and where, you know, a bunch of billionaires, five, six billionaires control all of the news that reaches you through mainstream sources. Like that's all he's yeah. saying. He's giving I, a I, I, really I, substantive crit- critique of, of the modern state of media, which right. is hundred percent accurate. Right. Well, it's, and I, I tweeted this out to, to several, you know, shit lib dipshits like this today. I was like, have you never seen the movie Rosebud uh, movie Rosebud, the movie citizen Kane? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Shit. I just spoiled citizen Kane. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that, really. that's the whole fucking thing. Is you have this this billionaire tycoon that he thinks he's all about good journalism until it says things about him he doesn't like, and then he fucking crushes good journalism and prints a bunch of fucking propaganda. So if you really honestly think that the richest man in the world can buy the biggest newspaper in America 
and and print nothing but negative shit about Bernie and nothing but fluff about himself, you're delusional. There's an article today about Jeff Bezos. And it's a picture of him in like a flight jacket with aviator glasses on, like three point perspective with a rocket ship behind him, literal rocket ship. And it looks like the fucking bald Tom Cruise, I swear, Top Gun or some shit. And and the headline, Washington Post headline reads exclusive interview with Jeff Bezos about his plans for outer space. And it's like exclusive interview. How the fuck did I, they get get an exclusive interview I'm with the guy sure that, that owns one. the fucking newspaper? Insane. <laughs> Oh God! I, it's just such. I, I like. I, I feel like we shouldn't even have to argue this. It's fucking ridiculous. But unfortunately, the same people that work for the Washington Post and the same people that go to the cocktail parties with the reporters at the Washington Post work for all of these other mainstream media outlets, and they have unjustly amplified voices. They don't fucking know more than independent journalists. They're not. They're they're actually significantly worse at their job than most independent journalists, but they have this unnecessary because of the fact that they're you know willing to to print whatever they're told, and that the fact that they're bootlickers, they have this uh, unjustified amplification of their their really rudimentary message. So it, we're always fighting an uphill battle, and that's not you know that's not going to change anytime soon. We're always going to be fighting that uphill battle, but uh, you know like don't you know don't piss in our face and tell us it's raining like we know what the fuck is going on you know it's not you're not fooling anybody with this and that's the nice thing about the internet uh and about you know twitter and things like that is that people don't fall for this shit anymore you used to be able to get away with this in the era of like three channels you know like you can't get away with this bullshit anymore right right yeah i actually got a lanyard when i worked at department of state i never wore it <laughs> i wouldn't even clip it onto my belt like some people that think they're extra hip do like oh i'm, I'm a i'm a fucking uh plainclothes cop with a fucking badge on my hip like no i'm not gonna fucking do There's this my badge right there I'm not a fucking <laughs> class trader i'm not gonna fucking flash a lanyard around anyway um <laughs> But yeah, I mean that's and that's why you have people at like third way conferences saying, you know, Twitter's not real. Don't listen to Twitter. Listen to our pundits that we put on television that, that are actually paid lobbyists. They don't divulge any of that shit. That's so that's who you need to listen to. We spent all this money on rehearsing their talking points, and now you're just mocking them and ratioing them on Twitter. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, they desperately want to astroturf on Twitter, and 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 now are using complete troll accounts and just reading their tweets on, on nightly news as though it's an actual source. Um, yeah. So this, this is the fucking, I mean, this, this was maybe the most egregious thing I've seen on, on cable news, this cycle, which is really saying something because, you know, they, they typically have no shame whatsoever, but this is the most disgusting and shameless attempt to smear Bernie that, that maybe we've come across this entire primary season. So, Bernie's team uh, started a hashtag uh, that trended for a while at number one on Twitter, my hashtag my Bernie story. And it basically was a, a, a spot for people to, you know, put a one minute video up about, um, you know, why you support Bernie, how you heard about Bernie, why, why we need Bernie to be our president. And it, and it really turned into this amazing uh, kind of like heartbreaking hashtag where all these people were sharing that they're, you know, horrific experiences dealing with private health insurance for the, I mean, that was a good, a good bulk of it, you know, thousands oh, yeah. and thousands it, of it, videos. It was the top trending. I mean, I, I kind of keep Twitter open all day as I'm doing different things. It was the top number one trend, uh, at least for me. Um, 
the entire yeah. day, morning till evening. Uh, and it was really, it was, you know, they have like an app for it. And if you record your video, you could post it as a link and it like really nicely frames you as like an embedded link. And then if you click cool, on it, yeah. you could watch it and then you could make your own too. Although like some of you guys, you got to figure out how to, where to put the camera. Cause if you just pulled the fucking, your telephone an inch from your face, um, pe- talking about people like, uh, Sean King, like you look fucking hideous, <laughs> dude. Like you, the, the, your nostrils are not the window to your soul. All right. Like put, put the camera four feet away. Frame yourself in the middle of it, sit down, get some good lighting, you know, at least some, really stretch your arm out. Like you know, if you, if you, if yeah. you don't want to set up like a try, like, I mean, don't, don't you like, yeah, there are people literally like, right. Like their eyeball in the fucking, in the, in the frame. Yeah. It's like, it's like, and look, my Bernie Sanders. It's like, right, God yeah. bless you all, but you're not from a lanyard class. Like you, you need to like not accentuate the worst parts of your features by putting the lens so close to your fucking nose. And, <laughs> I mean, I just, it, it was just, yeah, just, just from a yeah. filmmaker, but it, it was just, it was just kind of goofy how, how it said, but look, I mean, and again, so, you know, the hashtag was a great way for people to share their stories. And, um, so, you know, MSNBC picked up on the fact that it was such a popular hashtag and they decided to, uh, not talk about the people that discuss their, you know, their dealings with the health insurance industry, not dealing with the people that lost their jobs to outsourcing, not dealing with any of these things that that were, you know, all these heart wrenching stories that were brought up. They decided to read out a tweet from the horse whisperer who, you know, if you don't know and if you're not, you know, extremely online like we are, is maybe the most disgusting smear artist uh, that that shit lib Twitter has. I mean, it's an account that has 200,000 followers. I, I assume a good chunk of those are fake bot accounts, you know, the, and which, you know, once we get into the credentials of, of the alleged uh, user behind this account, it's very obvious that this person was into social media marketing and would obviously be well into uh, the kind of Sally Albright fake bot network, you know, whatever. But oh, there was a Huffington Post article that <laughs> that showed the map of all the all the actual accounts and like their network of all the bots, and and so it's Sally Albright, uh, near Tan, and um, horse with horse piss purr, as people have called it, horse drinker, horse piss drinker. I think is the yeah. Um, yeah so yeah, group. no, it, it's it's very much established that, that this group of of you know, lobbyists and consultants that use online media and, and have this huge bot network are all, they all work together. Right. And, yeah. and part of why like they're annoying, but I don't worry about them that much is because when you have a bot network, it's all retweeting each other. It looks really popular to people that see it from the outside, but it's not actually reaching anybody anywhere else and actually influencing anybody. But they really they want use that thing groups to pay them, right. you know, thousands exactly. of dollars to work on their exactly. campaign. That's they, really they, what they want there candidates for. to pay them money so they always have a job doing this shit and going, oh, look, you got, you know, you got 4,000 likes and uh, 200 retweets and and don't pay attention to the 10,000 comments under it. No one really cares about that. But like obviously getting a ratioed. Uh, as we call it. Don't is, worry, is, Mr. Delaney. You're only pulling at 1%. <laughs> but don't worry about it. Look, look yeah. at how popular this tweet is uh, that yeah. you put out the other day. <laughs> So yeah, they they totally scam politicians who don't know anything about actual analytics uh, by by playing this game. But every once in a while, it, it appears that you know they're they're trying to kind of pierce through that bubble uh, into the mainstream media, you know. And there's nothing lazier than a journalist just reading tweets on on prime time, like it takes yeah, no so, work whatsoever. 
Yeah. So, uh, uh, and again, this this hashtag, which really, you know, uh, l- uh, produced a lot of uh, great and emotional and, and and you know heartbreaking videos, people telling their stories of dealing with the health insurance industry, was Brian fucking Williams, you know, uh, noted liar who lost a show because he lied about being in a, in a fucking helicopter that got shot down in Iraq. What what tweet did he decide to highlight? He decided to read this one tweet out of all of that that hashtag out on air. Uh, okay, since this is trending, here's hashtag my Bernie story. The year was 2016, and Bernie was already long and eliminated from contention. An actual Democrat would have stopped torpedoing the nominee and worked to defeat Trump, but Bernie had books to sell. The end. Now, putting aside, and I'm not, we don't even need to address how every part of that tweet is a lie, and we've talked ad nauseum about how preposterous it is. Bernie did, you know, 57 campaign events for Hillary in 30 days, and he... Uh, was not statistically eliminated until the final primaries in California, et cetera, et cetera. It, this is fucking preposterous. Um, that's the one tweet that Brian fucking, you know, lying Williams decided to read out on air to talk about how Bernie is, well, is doing. With, I feel, with, I, with I feel bad for him because clearly he's a liar, but it's like he, he doesn't know what idiot. the fuck he's, he's reading off the teleprompter. Uh-huh. Because when he said the name of the account, the stroll account, Horse Whisper, he referred to it as a website, as though a single <laughs> account on Twitter is its own website. Like he's like, I don't know what the fuck this is. It's fucking uh, a, a, an account for a website called Horse Whisper, uh, and their throats sore, but they have two hundred thousand followers. So clearly, there must be you know he he has probably no fucking clue what what a network of 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 sock puppets and bots are um he just knows that you know russian bots did something like he doesn't fucking know he says whatever the fuck they tell him to say in his goddamn earpiece so you know horse whisper this account it's it's especially insidious because it's implied several times that it's uh a woman of color like i don't know if you've ever caught that from from horse whisper but they always try to imply that they're right uh like likes like you know that uh you know they're, they're a woman of color and of course, somebody uh, outed this account, and we basically got confirmation from near attendant and Sally Albright, who you know basically tweeted out to, to Horse Whisper, "Hey, stay strong. I can't believe they're doing this to you." Uh, and if anybody knows the true identity of that account, it's those two fucks. Um, and what we found out is that it's probably this guy Michael Goodnow or Goodno. I don't know if I can say Good. his name. Well, it's it's, who, it's, it's spelled like Doe. Yeah, right. and he just looks like like his eyes aren't on the same level. Joey White, like yeah. just fucking yeah. Uh, so Mike Good, no, Sounds yeah. Like so he's 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 this douchey like mid forties white guy, you know, with with a fucking gelled slick slick you know quaffed hair, uh, and he's a marketing consultant and he's a uh, senior strategy consultant. The way he describes himself as LinkedIn clients included uh, past clients included American Express. Gillette, DirecTV, L'Oreal, Exxon, Genetech, Merck, Eli Lilly, Cisco, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, Comcast, Old Navy, Time. So this guy literally gets paid to, to make marketing and make propaganda for drug companies, fossil fuel companies, uh, the worst cable company, the worst telecoms companies in the world, like Comcast. Privatized uh, insurance, yeah. 
privatized insurance, credit card creditors. He also, in his tweets as the horse whisperer, talked about how he's done uh, promotional material for the military. So he's also a military propagandist. Gee, I wonder why this guy pretends to just be an ever- everyday citizen who just loathes Bernie Sanders and really has his finger on the pulse of the mainstream Democratic so- base. Right. So this guy's a professional liar. Right. But I want to preface this with saying that when this kind of when this came out yesterday and somebody said it actually came out like a long time ago, but it didn't really, you know, no one really gave a shit because he wasn't on TV until, you know, the night before. uh, I, I didn't believe it right away. Right. Because it, people I was looking through all these threads saying, oh, this is this guy. This is this guy. And I wasn't seeing any proof of it. You know, I was like, yeah. well, has this been confirmed? Right. And I know how easy it is when when we have our confirmation bias in play to just believe a thing we see on the Internet and not question it and retweet it and, and just accept it as fact because it fits the narrative that we want. Right. And you got to you got to check your own bias. Right. And really say, like, well, is this true? And if it's not true, you don't repeat it until you know it's true. And I spent all day till about six in the afternoon uh, or in the early evening before I saw something that confirmed it. And people, people basically said, you know, I said, well, how do you know it's true? And what was the methodology? And it was basically when um, the that Ragnarok lobster guy who's a prison guard and likes to make jokes about molesting eight-year-old girls with Down syndrome, uh, he called this doxing, right? Oh, God, yeah. Everyone so did Nir Tamden call it doxing. And they, for one, misspelled the word doxing. Uh, it's one X, not two. Uh, and then they pretended it as though, you know, figuring out somebody's name and linking to their LinkedIn profile is doxing. Right. So they knew they were fucking busted. They knew that this guy being outed for who he really was, this huge conflict of interest from having his tweets read anonymously on, on fucking mainstream media, when in fact he's a goddamn marketeer and lobbyist for some of the worst corporation, criminal corporations on the planet, they knew that they were never going to be able to pull that card again. They weren't going to be able to reuse any of these fucking tweets on, on the air again because they were going to get, get slammed for it, right? So they immediately tried to shift the narrative to saying, how dare you dox him? He's the victim now. Don't you realize the danger you put him in? It's like, look, doxing, and I, and I spent all fucking day you know, playing their game and trying to explain what it is, and they know what it is. They're not dumb. Of course, they're bullshit. It's like, right. yeah, they always have to victim, center themselves as the, the victims. Exactly. They're, they're obfuscating, they're right? Doxing someone is when you, you take someone's name and home address or work address and phone number, and you put it online with the intent to harm them, with some kind of accusation usually, or look who this, you know, yeah. whatever it is, there's, there's an angle to it. And that puts their real life in harm. Linking to the the resume that they themselves put on the internet is not fucking doxing, okay? If yeah. if you if you aggregated that information with their work address where they actually work their office and then their home address, that that yes, that would be doxing. But sure. nobody fucking did that. Not one person did that shit. So instead of spending all all day talking about how this guy got outed as being a lobbyist and and trying to hide behind that fact that he's a lobbyist. Uh, and be this huge conflict of interest, they were able to get everyone to be like that, but actually, no, it's not doxing. So they totally, they knew exactly what to do. And I'm sure they have a whole playbook for if they get caught doing this shit, what they do to put, uh, you know, us on the defensive and Mm -hmm. and them on the offensive. Yeah. So, you know, earlier when, and everyone, you know, with a scent, with a, with any kind of decency whatsoever was like, I cannot fucking believe that they took this, 
you know, great idea and this great hashtag and used it to promote this vile filth on national television. So uh, Brianna Joy Gray, who is Bernie's press secretary, tweeted out, uh, well, the TV media largely ignore the amazing outpouring of hashtag my Bernie post that trended number one yesterday. But Brian Williams quoted uh, Horse Whisperer on the air. I'm sure he doesn't know who Horse Whisperer is or he wouldn't have credited his account. Can we help him out? Uh, you know, saying, hey, maybe, you know, this person that you just read on air uncritically and and repeated these lies on air, maybe we should know who this person is. So uh, everyone's favorite corn cob, Candace Aston, tweeted, uh, quote tweeted this and said, uh, wow, I didn't realize that the doxing of Horse Whisperer was at the request of Bernie's national press secretary. This is literally Bernie's campaign doxing people. So now, bar, barring the fact that even if, the, the, even if he was literally doxxed, that would not literally be Bernie's campaign doxing people because they weren't the ones who posted the information. Uh, this isn't right. fucking doxing. Like this is what, what are you talking about? You're you're fucking so. Yeah. And I, I, so you went back and forth with her a little bit. But like this is just preposterous that they, they just can never admit that they're fucking disgusting, vile corporate fucking bootlickers. And they do everything they can to obfuscate from that. And it's like. This fucking guy has been has been acting like he's, you know, just this this neutral observer. And it's really fucking insane that he's allowed to get away with it. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have, you know, anonymous accounts because obviously we should. But, uh, you know, it's just really insanely disingenuous to try to present yourself this way. We should because we're the ones being victimized by people like Comcast Verizon, ExxonMobil. Yeah. Right. So so for us to have any kind of power of resistance, we need these tools, right? People who are lobbyists, who are profiting off the death of the planet, you know, is it that Utah Phillips said, you know, the earth isn't dying, it's being killed. And the name and the, the people killing it have names and addresses. Well, if you if you run that quote to a fucking liberal, they'd be like, but those names and addresses need to be kept private for the safety of the <laughs> few people that are killing, you know, it, or, yeah. or like the, the Jane Cungers of the world. It's like, well, we can, you know, I, I don't agree with going to their dinner and yelling at them. Or I don't agree with going to their houses because, the, you know, you might disagree on on policy, but we still have to all get along. Fuck that respectability, politics, civility bullshit. Somebody who's fucking profiting off the, the murder of the planet you know, or, or, or destroying the privacy of tens of millions of people like Comcast or Verizon or Facebook or Twitter, you know, like those, those people don't deserve the, I mean, these people have unimaginably more power than we do. And I'm not talking just if you work at fucking Twitter, that you're one of those people. I'm talking to people at the very fucking top, right? The people that are making the decisions, you know, uh, Facebook just got caught, uh, you know, transcribing, uh, phone calls. If you make a phone call through the uh, Facebook Messenger app, that the employees were uncomfortable because they were forced to transcribe conversations that were so intimate and private, and in some cases ex- extremely vulgar, that they they felt like PTSD. And humans trans- transcribing these. It wasn't like an AI. Tra- like they literally. Well, yeah. Well, they said they were trying disclose. to make sure the AI was accurate, but it's still. <laughs> It's like we talked about, you know, a few months ago, the people that have to um, like admin things that get reported on Facebook and it's like things like snuff films and and people torturing animals and things like that. And that's all they'd have to watch all day long. And it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. You don't want to have those things online, but like, like there was no mental health care for the employees that had to do that shit eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. 
you know, like probably you know, for terrible wages. I'm sure too. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't pay. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. and these are just regular working class people, and and you know, the corporation it only cares about keeping snuff films offline for liability issues. They don't care about the workers that have to actually sit there and watch all that shit. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's just horrifying the way that uh, you know, it, it's just. That's all. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's horrifying. And, and yeah. And, and so the, this is just fucking, you know, I mean, and, and again, I, I, so the, you know, MSNBC has just declared open war on Bernie Sanders and they've made it super clear that they have no interest whatsoever in being objective about the, uh, you know, the person who's second in national polling and obviously probably number one, if we had actual legitimate, uh, you know, metrics to by which to do this polling. And well, it's hey, insanely at, and in, by far the most fairness, popular with the younger generation. Is Liz, Elizabeth Warren is polling number one amongst aunts named Helen. OK, <laughs> so let's not discount them. So, yeah. And, and so and they've make it, made it super clear. So, you know, and again, journalism is just in the fucking gutter. And we know that. Uh, and hopefully Bernie Sanders gets an office and makes sure that none of them have any fucking jobs because he'll, dere- he'll re-regulate uh, the telecoms industry. And then we'll hopefully see an expansion of, of uh, you know, and, and a breaking up of all these mega companies that have 15 different branches of all these different companies rolled into it. Uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, well, and, and and I've been saying this a lot too. Uh, the campaign finance reform, right? If, if suddenly we have publicly financed elections, then suddenly you you can't have Hillary Clinton spend a, a billion dollars on TV ads, and, and and I guarantee it's not disclosed, but they can buy content on the news, right? It, and it does of not course. have to be disclosed because there's no law that says you can't pay for a segment in which four out of five people are in the tank for one candidate, the mainstream candidate. You can pay for that the same way that an architectural firm can pay for, uh, a, you know, a livable street pro-transit blog to write favorable coverage of a huge gentrifying condo complex. And it doesn't have to be disclosed because we, you know, yeah. I, we have freedom of speech in this country, but who really gets it? Is it, is it people saying fuck Nazis on Twitter? No, it's, it's, is it the people uh, who were saying, you know, that we should guillotine the rich. No, it's people like Tommy Loren who can get on Twitter and say that, you know, we should have the death penalty for everyone that shoots a cop. You can advocate the death penalty and not get in trouble, or you can advocate yeah. bombing a country and not get in trouble. But if you say punch Nazi, you get banned. Right. Yeah. Or, or if you, if you want to, if you want to buy four out of five pundits on, uh, you know, some fucking jack off, show like you know chris chris cuomo or chris hayes whoever the fuck you can do that you call me fredo the way hey come here come here (laughs) the fuck you just say to me you italian you're discreet no so yeah so you mentioned chris cuomo and before we get out of here um i i want to play some audio because uh chris cuomo i guess was at some kind of block party or some some kind of outdoor event and uh some right-wing chud, you know, was trying to kind of mess with him and trigger him. And he, and he said, hey, Fredo, what's going on or whatever. Uh, and, you know, of course, Chris Cuomo has uh, insanely severe little brother complex because his brother, Andrew Cuomo, is way more, you know, successful than him. Quote unquote. I mean, his brother's a fucking monster, but he is, you know, he's a, the governor of New York. So and Chris Cuomo is just an anchor on CNN who doesn't fucking know anything. Um, 
So, you know, and Fredo, of course, for people who haven't seen The Godfather, is the dumb younger brother of Michael, the, you know, the main character. So really dumb uh, and also really aware that he's dumb and really insecure about being dumb. Yeah. So it's actually a very fitting nickname for that for that reason. So um, I'll play the audio and we'll we'll talk about it. It's it's just fucking hilarious. I'm just playing this because it's super funny. I thought, that, I, thought, I thought that's who you were. No, punk-ass bitches from the right call me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Oh, you're much- Fredo is from the Godfather. He was that weak brother. Isn't that your And they use it as an Italian aspersion. Any of you Italian? Are you Italian? I got, I got a it's a fucking insult to your people. It's an insult to your fucking people. It's like the N-word for us. Wow. Is, that, is that a cool fucking thing? You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you seem to be on television. Yeah, but if you want to play, then we'll fucking play. If you've got Why something not? you want to say about what I do on television, then say it. But don't call me a hey, fucking Hey, man. Insult. Hey, listen. What? I don't what? want any problems. Yeah, well, you're going to have a big fucking problem. What's the problem? It's a little different on TV. Don't fucking insult me like that. Pro- I didn't insult you. Yeah, I fuck you call me Fredo. It's like I call you punk bitch. You like that? You want that to be your nickname? I didn't call you that. I, I you call me Fredo. You know my name's not fucking Fredo. I thought your name was. You did not think my name was fucking Fredo. Don't be a liar. You want to be a man, stand up like a man. Up, man. You want to be a man out yeah, here? Then up. fucking own it. Then own what listen, you man. said. Hey, then own what you said. Listen, Take man, I don't have what? a problem with you, man. Yeah, you're going to have a fucking problem. What? What are you going to do about I'll, it? I'll fucking ruin your shit. Then. I'll, I'll fucking throw you down these stairs <laughs> like a fucking punk. Please do. You don't want to sue? You don't want to fucking sue? Well, why don't you do that? take a swing. You want to call me Fredo? Take a fucking swing. Take a fucking swing. Watch your fucking hands. Take a swing. Watch your fucking hands. Take a swing. No, no, come on, boy. Come on, boy. You want to call me shit? Call me shit then. I'm right fucking here. Anything. I'll fucking wreck your shit. Stop. I'll fucking wreck your Chris, shit. Stop. You didn't actually you, you didn't know what you were doing when I you thought it was your name. I thought it was your name. You didn't break know, right? Hey, you didn't know what you were saying, right? I thought it was his you name. Said, I'm breaking it up. I'm breaking it up. This is my buddy. Hey, look at all these cameras. You're in for it. You're in for it. I'm in for what? You're in for it. You call me fucking Fredo? You're in for it. You call me Fredo? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I got no love for Cuomo, prime Cuomo time at but, you know, at least he, because these guys went there looking for him. Look, he, didn't, he didn't get punked out. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I respect yeah. that. I respect he, that he was like, look, motherfucker, what are you, you going to do about it? But, yeah, yeah, he, he didn't totally lose it. And, I, and I'm glad that, you know, they didn't fucking like make him issue an apology and all that fucking bull crap that they always do with, with people. But it's just, you know. Yeah. It, it it's it's fucking east coast guys being fucking east coast guys but yeah and of course he's a terrible and you know he's a a disgrace to to journalism he's not at all a journalist of course but no, he, he's know. infotainment the same as anything else he's got a couple of decent views on a few things that i'm sure are larger written down for him and you see who he really is in real life and he's just you know he's he's like every fucking guy that that you've ever gotten drunk at a fucking you know, beer tent with and, and started a fight with some guy and they just can't, like, they can't back down. They can't back down because that's their fucking manhood. Right. But, and, and that was, just, that was just so like an epic fucking guide down. That was like an, an at like a, a top, <laughs> right. top level guide down. Like, you know, he just really, just the act, the, the, the TV accent just totally fell. Like, well, what are you doing, motherfucker? What are you going to do about it? I'll throw you down these fucking stairs. What are you, what are you fucking like? I'm ruling you. I mean, I'm ruling you. Just, just with, drunkenly repeating you. yourself you. over and over and over. Like, they're just, just such Long Island hammered. fucking. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> 
you know, whatever. It's it's clearly to, to equate that with the N word is fucking absurd. Oh, oh yeah, that that's the other. <laughs> that's so that's I mean that's the kind of big takeaway from it is it's preposterous. You know, it, it, it's it's like all the people like the right wingers on Twitter who try to act like 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 Italians are are like black people, like you know, or like or, or Italians aren't white. Like Italians are fucking white, dude. Like, look, you know, <clears throat> as an Italian, I could say it, like. It's preposterous to act like Fredo is the like if anything is the N word for Italians, it's like Guinea or Guido or WAP or Dago. Right. But like, and even it, those it, are not nearly as trending on Twitter. If it was the same as the N word, they wouldn't let it trend, right? It, it, it's like literally, it's the name of a character from a movie that can't that we came out in the fucking seventies, right? That that can't be a racial slur. It's like when no, I, it's I an quote, insult on you because you're a little dweeby yeah, brother. Like when I, this little pissant was arguing with me on Twitter about uh, population control, and all I was advocating was education and access to reproductive health, and for that I was called a, a eugenist, right? And I, I, I quoted Stripes, and I said, "Lighten up, Francis!" And instantly it was like, "You just fucking misgendered me!" And the person went and had a piss fit, and like create a whole DM with all of our mutual followers to tell them that if you don't unfollow uh, Comrade, I'm gonna out you and unfollow you. it was just like this huge fucking childish bullshit like you know what it's not no you just learn your movie history it's a fucking quote from a movie it doesn't fucking matter lighten the fuck up yeah 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 <laughs> basically um but I, I do think it's funny that the go-to response from all all new york political figures is i'll throw you down the fucking stairs or i'll throw you off this balcony <laughs> I just right. fucking uh, Michael. What the fuck is his name? That the New York uh, congressman who uh, is, uh, I believe, in jail for racketeering right now. <laughs> Although I think he got reelected from from prison at some point. He's a Long Island congressman uh, who who threatened to throw a reporter off the balcony in the Capitol because he asked him about his uh, corruption. Uh, yeah, so, you again, know. they watch too many fucking mom movies. I swear, <laughs> it's the first thing. Would the first thing your mind goes to is how you brutalize somebody in in The Godfather? Like, you gotta fucking like watch some watch some movies directed by women, <laughs> like even action movies directed by women. Just chill the fuck out. Uh, yeah. It's funny because I was doing research. Michael Grimm, on, by the way, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in in. Trying to learn if I what I knew about uh, different forms of hanging to death were accurate. I fell down some rabbit hole uh, about public ex- executions, and I was learning about like the history of different forms of hanging in the Dark mm. Ages. And oh god, it, it gets fucking gross as shit. Um, the worst one was when they would hang you upside down twenty feet in the air, uh, and also t- hang two mad dogs upside down. So they're furious that oh, they're god. being hung upside down, and then the dogs just tear you apart. Over the course oh, of days, as because they they yeah. sway back and forth because they're like twisting like maniacs to get loose. Oh yeah, loose. well probably... you fucking pick a dog up by its back leg, it's gonna hurt, right? The same yeah. as it would for a person. Um, but uh, apparently that that form of torturous death was reserved only for Jewish people. It was considered too awful for Christians. Jesus um, Christ! Except for one case I read about. This is all on Wikipedia from 1637. A Jewish person killed a Christian jeweler, like jewel merchant, Mm -hmm. and somehow was able to appeal to the queen at the time. And the queen (laughs) took mercy on this Jewish murderer. And instead of being hung upside down and and killed by mad dogs, they were only going to have their skin opened with uh, hot 
pincers, you know, things that you pick up things out of, out of a forge, have their skin pinched with it to open up the flesh, burn it open, have the wounds filled with hot lead. And then once the lead had cooled, they would be broken by a wheel in which you strap someone to the ground and you put spikes under the legs and you drop a wagon wheel on them between where the spikes are to break the bones in between each spot. And you work from the, the, the hands and the feet all the way up to the torso. Right. That was considered yeah. the merciful form of, of public execution for somebody who was Jewish in 1637. Human beings are fucking monsters. Like just to come up with that <laughs> yeah. as like a fucking. Right. So then My after God. the arms and legs are broken in several different places, then you can like bend the arms and legs in any direction you want. And oh, of course, oh. the broken bones are grinding against each other and you would intertwine their limbs through the wheels of the wagon. Uh, that you broke their limbs with and then put the wagon up on top of a pole and leave them there for several days to slowly die. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I, there, there was someone else who was doing the same thing as me yesterday where they were looking up uh, different methods of hanging. Mm-hmm. Right. And the first thing that pops up, if you look up, you know, methods of hanging is the suicide prevention hotline. Cause they think you're here to kill yourself. Right. God, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, and so she, t- she took a screenshot and she tweeted out like, look, I'm trying to solve a murder, not kill myself. Google. So, <laughs> <the fuck> <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm sure a lot of people have done the same thing where they're like, okay, what are the different methods? Can you know, can you really hang yourself, uh, you know, on your knees? Would that actually work? And, you know, people are like, look at in, and there's whole websites that say, Hey, look, don't kill yourself. But if you're going to do it, do it in a way that'll actually work the first time. And here's how there, there's, whole, <laughs> you know, there, there's websites that say this shit, honestly. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, you know, just researching all the obscene stuff. I fell into a hole of, of learning about uh, being broken by a wheel and having lead poured into open wounds. So <laughs> fun times. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Oh man. Well, on that cheerful note, um, I think we've, <laughs> Covered pretty much everything we wanted to cover this week. Um, pretty eventful news week. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to support the show, uh, you can do it a couple ways. Obviously, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way. That uh, helps us move up in the algorithm, helps more people hear us. Uh, and that seems to be working because our numbers are really starting to tick up uh, the past couple uh, weeks. So it, it's, yeah. You know. Well, we had a little bit of slump this summer. And of course, everyone's out doing fun shit. Um, you know, I had an account uh, that got mass reported back in the springtime. So I'm still climbing back to the numbers I had there. But uh, yeah, you know, it always helps. Um, write, review, subscribe. Um, yeah. If you, if you tweet out the podcast, you know, hit us up, let us know. We'll fucking boost you. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, rate, review, subscribe. You can share us out on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash move left. Um, we're on Facebook, of course, at facebook.com slash move left idiots. Lots of uh, memes there. We, yeah, definitely. Uh, we are on uh, Patreon if you want to support the show that way, patreon.com slash move left. Uh, we really appreciate everyone that's, you know, signed up to help the show out with hosting costs over there. Uh, t- if you want any merch from the show, you can pick up it, pick it up at tinyurl.com slash move left merch. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at smut collector uh, on Twitter, twitter.com smut collector uh, with an ER, not an OR. And definitely go look for that article uh, with that full transcript from the um, Epstein's bodyguard. Read the whole thing. It's fucking riveting. I tell you, that's wild. 
It is. Yeah, and we will see you next week.